Welcome to Keep Talking Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Tummelson, and in this podcast, we talk about all things that I am an expert in or have an interest in, such as language learning, health and fitness, global and societal issues, or whatever I feel like talking about on that particular day. All right, enjoy. So let me take you back to 2014, okay? And see, at this time, I'm already doing a little bit of working remotely traveling, but I'm not doing it that great yet, right? Like at the time I had been working, I had a job where I could work as a phone interpreter, a Spanish phone interpreter from basically anywhere in the world where I could get, you know, an internet connection or at the time it was like a Skype phone call, like a VOIP, is that what they called it? Voice over internet protocol. Anyway, sometimes the connection wasn't the greatest, but it still worked out. Anyways, but, but okay. So I'm in Brazil, right? And I'm talking to this guy who's I'm not even going to tell you where he's from, number one, because I don't want to reveal who he is. And then number two, because he's from like so many different places, so to speak, it's hard to describe. Anyway, one of the most interesting people that I've ever met. And I even tried to get him on the podcast at one time, but he's like, nah, nah, nah. And I'm not going to reveal his identity because the Brazilian authorities would come after him. I'm just kidding. He actually doesn't even live in Brazil anymore. But at the time, he'd been living in Brazil for a while, at least a few years, and I'm like, so wait a minute, so wait, how, how do you live here? Like, you're, you're on like a tourist visa? And he's like, yeah, man, well, first off, most countries like really don't even care, you know? And by the way, some of you are listening to this thing, and oh, you already lost me, Sean, I'm not gonna go and live illegally on a tourist visa. No, 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 that's not what this is about, okay? That's not what this is about, just, just listen, hear me out, okay? And he goes, and I'm like, okay, so how have you been living here for so long? Uh, and he goes, well, I just, I work online. I do a lot of online jobs. I'm like, what do you mean online jobs? Like, this is 2014 still, okay? We're working in factories where I live in the U.S. No. <laughs> but at the time, like, online jobs, just you didn't hear that much about that. And he's like, yeah, I work on this website called Upwork.com. It's a freelance website. I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe this is something that I should check out. Right, And long story short, I did end up checking it out sometime afterwards. And I realized that on this website, and there are other websites like this now, Upwork.com, you can find a lot of jobs in a lot of different fields that you can do remotely and completely freelance. And, you know, I've made some decent money off of it over the past eight, nine years, basically. It hasn't really been my main source of income, my main job at any point, but, you know, doing... Translations. You can do everything from translations to coding to voiceover to video editing to, I mean, you, you'll find things you just would never even expect, right? Data entry, I don't know. You find so many different types of things on Upwork.com. You could probably be a cheerleader on Upwork.com, all right? I don't know how, but it's probably doable. You find lots of jobs on there. Now, do a lot of them pay that great? No, a lot of them don't pay very well because you're competing with people from different markets around the world. And if you live in a place where you know, like the U.S. or the U.K. or wherever that, you know, has an expensive cost of living. You're having to compete with people who live in countries where the cost of living is much lower. And when you're competing for jobs using the U.S. dollar, they'll do jobs for much cheaper. But that's another whole side of the story. We don't need to worry about that. The point is, it's very, very easy, especially nowadays, to find a lot of ways to work online and to work remotely. You can do this freelance. You can do this with your real job or with your <laughs> real job, I call it, or with, with a job for a company. Obviously, there are a lot of companies that will allow this nowadays. Um, it's a big advantage, I would say, to do something that's freelance or contract work. 
and where you're not tied to a specific company, but you can do it. You know, there's so many people who, who work remotely and I oftentimes get crap from friends because I worked a job where I was working remote for like three straight years, basically. And I just decided to stay at home and live in the States. They were saying, Sean, why didn't you travel when you did that? And I'm like, well, well, hold on. I traveled enough in my twenties. I wasn't really trying to travel at that time. Blah, 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 blah. Plus the company technically said you weren't supposed to work from outside the U S but you know, a lot of times the word technically in this, in this whole remote work game, well, you guys get what I mean. You don't, don't have to do everything that you're technically supposed to do sometime. And I know I'm losing more of you guys because you guys are like, Sean, you're telling us to go against the rules, to go against the company's rules, to go against immigration's rules. What? Okay. It's not really actually like a very big deal. I mean, you won't necessarily have to break a company's or your company's rules. And as far as immigration goes, like all I'll say about that is most countries, now it depends where you're from, it depends which country you go to, but like most countries, you can work for up to 90 days, up to 180 days with no legal trouble. I shouldn't say, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say most countries. I haven't been to that many countries, but I've been to like seven or eight countries where this is possible. Okay. Now, I'm not even going to talk about like the U.S. system for immigrants coming here because it's a mess, right? And But, you know, most people listening to this, especially since this episode is in English, are probably either from the U.S. or the U.K. or something like that, and you're maybe not thinking of going to the U.S. People coming to the U.S., it's very different. This is mainly, mainly targeted, I'm not going to say only at people from the U.S., but this advice just doesn't work that well if you're looking to come to the U.S. I'm sorry, but but maybe, who knows? Anyway, so the point is, if you want to be able to work, if you want to be able to work remotely and travel, the first thing you need to do is not have a wife and kids. <laughs> sorry, it's okay. It's another bad joke. It's also doable if you have a wife and kids or a husband and kids. <laughs> it's still doable. It's still doable. Um, but the first thing that you need to do is just understand that there is a world, like it's a world of possibilities out there. With whatever your skill set is, you can you can do it remotely. I can basically guarantee you that. This could be freelance. This could be with a company. But there are so few jobs nowadays. There are so few skill sets that you can have where you have to be in person um, that almost anybody can do this. Almost anybody who has a skill, you know, a, a digital skill set of any kind can do this. And by digital skill set, I mean, do you use a computer ever during your work? Everybody listening to this is listening to this podcast, either via phone or computer or whatever. You have a certain digital skill set that you use every day. Like you guys, if you went onto upwork.com, your mind would be blown at like the simplicity of the tasks that you can find on there. It'll literally be like, if you're a native English speaker, especially it's like, proofread an essay, you know, for $20 or $40 or $60 or whatever, right? Or, you know, I don't know, transcribe, transcription, just transcribe the video, listen to the video and type out what they say in English. And yeah, technically you're supposed to have like, you know, certain qualifications and a certain, you know, resume of having done this stuff before. But it, I mean, it's not even like that big of a deal, right? Um, they'll oftentimes hire people. It's like if you're, how do I put this? Availability is often more important than ability. If you're available to do the job quickly, most people will be like, okay, yep, I'll hire you for 50 or $100 or whatever. Now, some of you are thinking, am I really going to want to roll the dice on, you know, okay, I'm, I could make $50 if I do this job today. What if I don't get a job? What if, like, is it, am I really going to be able to make a lot of money doing this? Am I really going to make enough money to make a living doing this? If you're living in the U.S., probably not. 
But if you're living in a lot of other places, probably. Okay, this is the thing you have to keep in mind. Like, one great example is Medellin, Colombia. I've been in Medellin a couple times, never really spent that much total time there. But God almighty, you can live in Medellin for like one-fifth, maybe less, of the cost of living in any regular U.S. city. If you make $50, 50 U.S. dollars per day, working remotely, working online, living in Medellin, you're living like a king. Okay, cost of living, it's like it's a fairly nice place to live nowadays. It's not as dangerous as it used to be. Cost of living is um, much, much lower, even still fairly low for Latin American standards, in my opinion. I think Mexico in general is more expensive. Uh, Brazil is definitely more expensive on average. Anyway, Medellin is just one good example of a place that you can go. And there are now actually a lot of gringos. There's a lot of, you know, U.S. expatriates, as we call them, uh, U.S. citizens living there, you know, making a good living, working remotely, whatever. And I know some of them. Um, but this is just one example. And see, the thing is, it's very easy. There's a lot of good options to find a good place to stay, either for a short term or for fairly medium to long term in a lot of these places. Okay, you know, If you're looking at just real short term, you could stay in hostels. If you're looking at medium term, there's Airbnbs. You, know, you can stay even fairly long term in Airbnbs. The point is, is you can find great places to stay in almost any major city in the world at a pretty good price. Um, and I've done this in Colombia, France, Brazil. I mean, I can't even... Chile. I, I, like can't even think of all the countries that I've done this in. Like, it's very easy. Once you start, once you realize, you know, the world of possibilities out there and how cheap it is to travel and spend time in certain different countries, how little money you actually need compared to what you think you need living in the U.S., for example, it's, it's very easy. And you also just have to realize you have a skill set that you can find work remotely with. You might not even realize it, but you have a certain skill set in something that you could do working remotely. All right. Now, uh, without going into more details on like how to do it, on how to you know find work remotely, I do want to go over kind of like the drawback of this, and actually like the biggest drawback that I actually think happens. Like, sure, I could say like, oh, you run the risk. There's you know danger. You go to another country. You know, you get your stuff stolen. Blah blah blah. Okay. Yeah, those are risks. Sure, but I would argue that actually like the biggest risks the risk that you run if you're gonna you know, take all your stuff and move away and be like, I'm going to work remotely and live somewhere else, learn another language, whatever. The biggest risk that you run is you don't realize how much you're going to miss home after a certain period of time. Because we all have that kind of like honeymoon phase. You know, I have some traveler friends who, who get along better than others overseas, but we all kind of have like a honeymoon phase of maybe a week, two weeks, even three weeks, whatever, when we're in a different place. And then if we're really going to stay there long term, if we're going to be there for a matter of months, then all of a sudden we're like, okay, yeah, I miss home. I miss my people. My friend, I don't really have any real friends here yet. Um, I miss little things. I miss my hot showers. <laughs> you know, whatever it may be. I miss the food from home. I miss whatever. You start missing little things. And then, like, you kind of get over it. Then it ebbs and flows. You know, if you stick it out and you stay there, you, you say, okay, you know, yeah, the honeymoon phase is over. I'm still here. I'm doing all right. You know, it's okay. Day-to-day -day life is fine. But the point is, it's like it's going to sound a lot better in your head than it really is just from, like, a day-to-day -day life happiness standpoint. You'll probably get there and, and, at least if you're like me, be like, oh, okay, well, hmm, all right. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like this, but, like, you know, you still miss home some. The point is, is you're not going to love as every aspect of it. You think that you're going to totally love it, but you're not going to love every aspect of it. And um, this is why I say, like, 
in general, I give people the advice that you should not be traveling to escape your problems. Okay, if you're having issues, whether it's you know, if you're just in like a mental or emotionally bad place, you should not be traveling because you're trying to escape from that. All right, because the problem is, when you travel, sure you escape the place that you're in, but you are still there. And when you're having mental and emotional issues, you are the problem. So you need to go inside yourself and figure out you first in general before you travel to try to escape your problems. You can escape them for like a week. You know, because you're so overstimulated with all the new stuff that you forget about all the things that are ailing you inside. But then you're like, oh, the honeymoon phase passed and I'm still me. Okay. And I made this mistake numerous times in my 20s. But anyway, that's all I wanted to share. I just want to share how, you know, it's, it's much easier than a lot of you may think. Um, especially if you're not tied down, you know, with a house, children. I mean, okay, and you even you probably could. You know, you could find a way to do it. I know plenty of people who are, are married with children and have have gone to a totally different place. But it's obviously much tougher in that situation. But you still can. So anyway, just something for you guys to think about. Just wanted to go over the pros of how simple it actually is and how much of an enriching experience it can be because it really is. And I do recommend it. But also just that one drawback of hey, it's not going to be all you know roses all day every day. All right. All right. Talk again soon. Love y'all. Peace.